Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And again, Patrick looked like Patrick, and that was more than enough. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, welcome inside. We're in Lower Manhattan. It's a good shot. It's a beautiful shot. On this September 11th, we're at the South Street Seaport. We'll be with you for the next hour. We'll talk to Les Snead, the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams, in 10 minutes. Demora Smith, head of the NFL Players Association. Yes, I, executive I, uh, I just want to get this out before we move on to Uh-oh. Well, I'm sitting here. I keep staring. I'm looking. Why does your table have to be bigger than mine? Like, lo- higher. And psych- I'm sitting there. Because psychologically, you know what looking, it is. But I'm like... <laughs> Why is this There's table more paper. raised There's higher? There's a laptop out. I'm locked in right now. But it's high. It's not. It. It just looks weird. But look who's sitting it's in the big, center, right? When you're watching yours? on TV, where do your eyes go right away? No, it's fine. I'm not talking about that. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know if it's because it's bigger you want to be it's raised up or even the footstool, the the Apple box type thing that you have. <laughs> Are you saying I have a Napoleon complex? I didn't kind of say, say I have that right now. I didn't say but that. That's what I, you're alluding to, Keyshawn. I certainly was thinking that. That's kind of what <laughs> I was right. thinking. Well, I'm, that's I'm a good. little man with a big heart. That's okay. I was like, because I'm sitting there and hitting, you know, I can put my feet on the ground. Too. I can put my feet on. Give me, give me a tight camera angle. Look, you, on the you, ground. I just choose back? to have them elevate. I'm Please. back. Okay. All right. I'm Look, back. Because I back. thought you were on the, on the edge ground. of the seat at first. Y'all going to stop calling people <laughs> six two small. You know, I know we live in this athlete world. You got to stop doing that, though. He says six two. Every bit of six zero. Oh, oh no, no, quarter. no, 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 no. Six two. Six three in the program, though. Six three um, in the program. I just thought I'd bring that up before. Zubin says he's six feet. No, I'm five eleven. I wish I was six feet. I'm like, so if you're the Napoleon. I mean, you're, you're at least six two, six three. You're six four, right? Yeah, six four. Some change. Five eleven. 5'11", nowhere to go. Uh, Keyshawn will call me cute because I'm 6'2". <laughs> Kyle Murray, you're he's not cute. Six two, but, man, I'm not going to argue with your height. I know you're not 6'2". Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, cute because he's 5'7". You know, if, if, if you're below, like, a certain threshold, you're cute. Now you're going to have people that are That's under what you six say. feet thinking what? that I'm against them. Uh, yes, you are. Against short people. See, against short I'm people. Not. So much divide in this country, Keyshawn. That's the last thing we need. The I height just, divide. The height divide. We don't need the height I divide. I didn't mean to have a no, conversation go here. Keyshawn, I just was looking at the table and trying to figure out. perpetuating bad habits. No, I, don't know. I just was trying to figure out why your table was raised and you got a little box for your feet. Zubin, That's please all. let's move on. Hashtag height hatred. I yes. can see it coming all weekend long. Cancel Keyshawn. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk to Michelle Steele in just a minute. She's our ESPN NFL reporter that was at the game at Arrowhead Stadium last night. It's just so interesting because it was one of the most unique atmospheres in NFL history. Key, you kind of said it. The crowd looked like a crowd that would be emptying out in the fourth quarter if the yeah. Chiefs were winning yeah. a game. Or 34. coming into the game, it looked like a crowd before it fills up. What was your biggest takeaway on the field, off the field, whatever you want? We'll get Michelle here in just a moment to really kind of take us inside boots on the ground what it was well, like. Well, it, it, it was a sloppy game in the first Several minutes, especially from a Texas standpoint, once Kansas City kind of settled in, you said then you said, yeah, okay, I see where this is going. This is getting ready to turn into something way different. You know, and, and the Texans obviously took the lead at 7-0, but that was nothing to, you know, it was like, okay, whatever. The 24 nothing yeah, last time. Yeah, it, it, they'll figure it out. But once Pat Mahomes, who didn't have a ton of yards no. in terms of throwing the ball, he's very efficient, three touchdowns, um, you started to look at that and say, this team is on to something. You could just tell, though, that Houston, Texas was not ready to play football. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like Deshaun didn't have his best night. Balls yep. kind of slightly behind receivers. Even though balls are behind you, you're a professional receiver, you should catch them. Don't worry, I my, mean, fantasy, you my fantasy points kind of show when you look, When you look at that, balls are slightly behind, guys, go get it. it it's, it's in your catch radius. <clears throat> this DeAndre is what Hopkins. you do 
for a living. <clears throat> DeAndre but, Hopkins. But it certainly means that they've got some work to do. They didn't really necessarily have a real training camp. It was right. a camp, but not like the norm. Right. So you could tell that. And, it, and frustration set in at times for Deshaun because he expected those catches, I mean, those balls to be caught by the receivers because if it was D-hop, they get caught. Key, you know, yesterday I sat up here and I listened to you. Almost talked me out of my frustration about Bill O'Brien being a head coach and a GM and the moves that were made as related to David Johnson and two, two second-round picks, things of that sort. And, and having Deshaun Watson in my fantasy league last night, seeing him always scrambling, mm-hmm. seeing him get sacked four times for the amount of money that you spent for that O-line to protect him, not seeing the passes made, like it just, it, I don't know how you don't walk away from that game. And I know you can't be, you know, captain. Uh, you, you can't just get lost in that moment because it's a long season and we didn't have OTAs, we didn't have preseason. But it looked like they have, they have a lot of issues that they need to help with. They do. And when you talk about the offensive line having problems, they gave all the money to Lermy Turtle. He, from what my eyes told me, he handled the left side of the line on his, his responsibility fine. It's a lot well, of money between two players, though, and, that's a, and you can't protect the player that you just paid a, the second most money to as it relates to a QB well, part, in the league. Part of the problem sometimes that you face is the receivers being able to separate. When a quarterback's ready to throw and that receiver's not open, he has to pull the ball down and figure out how to reset, look for his second and third options. By the time you look up, you got Frank Clark on his head and whoever else is coming off the edge or through the gap. You got Jones on his head, whether they bring in blitzers out of the secondary on his head. So the receivers have got to do a better job of getting open faster. Will they do a better job eventually? Do you see? Well, they got 15 weeks to figure it out. I don't know if they will. I don't know. That's going to be a big time question that we're going to follow about the whole season. They got 15 weeks to figure it out. Yeah, we do. So that was what happened on the field, but there was so much more. There was things that happened before the game. There were comments after the game. There were some issues in the crowd. It was a surreal scene, I would imagine, to be there in Kansas City. And Michelle Steele joins us. Uh, She was there, Texans Chiefs, boots on the ground. Good morning, Michelle. I guess the first thing I think most people are wondering, because this is such a unique environment you were in, what was it like to be there last evening? Hey, everybody. Good morning. And by the way, congratulations on the new show. I hope it's not too late to stay. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, it was like it was covering a game like the likes of which I've never done before. You know, hopefully this season is a real one off. Getting into the stadium yesterday was like getting onto a flight. I've never waited in a line um, with multiple turnstiles, with uh, dozens and dozens of other people. You know, normally when the media shows up, you kind of go in. There's maybe six or seven other guys there. You go in, you pass through security, and it's real easy. This time, you know, you're literally getting your temperature checked. You literally have to fill out a questionnaire asking you, have you traveled internationally in the last two weeks? Have you had contact with anyone that's had coronavirus? And then once you get into the stadium, you're not actually seeing the field um, as a reporter. You're in the stands doing your live shots. So you get very up and close with some fans, and that's something that maybe I can get into um, a little bit later. But, you know, it was a very unique experience, and I do have to give credit to the NFL, to the Chiefs and the Texans for pulling it off. The league opened their season on time, and that's a huge deal in this environment. 
Michelle, can you give us some insight? Because we were having an argument this morning about whether the mics were positioned close to fans, were the boos louder than what they actually were as it relates to the players, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes actually standing together united. How did that sound being in the stadium? Yeah, so I was in the stadium and the boos were very loud to me. And as someone who um, I don't really know where those microphones were, I did hear a mix of booing and cheering. But the boos were loud enough, obviously, for me and many other reporters to take note of. And not just because of um, the volume of the boos, but also because, listen, I've been going to Arrowhead for many years now. And that's just a place where you do not hear boos for the home team. And to hear it, you know, that was another sort of surreal aspect of last night's game. To hear it not just once, but twice um, when the Chiefs were on the field, you know, there was booing during Lift Every Voice and Sing when the Chiefs were linking arms. That was a moment where, you know what, you take note of that as a reporter. That's something that doesn't happen very often. No question about it. And the biggest issue moving forward is nobody knows what's going to happen next. We'll wait to see what the reaction is for the 13 games on Sunday and the two we've got on ESPN Monday night. Those games will be in New Jersey and Colorado. Michelle, safe travels home from Missouri. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Great work, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks, guys. In one minute or so, we'll have the Rams general manager, Les Snead. They will be the 13th of 13 games on Sunday. They will open up the $5 billion SoFi Stadium against the Dallas Cowboys. Les Snead's been pretty busy, Key, as you know. They signed Jalen Ramsey to a gigantic extension. And Spending you kinda- that money. <laughs> Zubin, can I say something really yeah, quickly? Yeah, please. Wow. Like, and I understand that we live in a world where people do that. Right. But, wow, people were booing during lift every Voice and sing. Jay like, Will. I, I know, but people Jay, were booing. Jay. I just know, I, you know, we talk about today being 9-11 and us standing together united. Right. And in fact, you have all these people together united, and yet some people are still willing to boo. Jay. Right? And people are like, oh, well, we don't want, oh, no, we don't want politics involved in sports. Well, you know, we don't do, we don't sing the national anthem before we go into work every single day. Okay? We don't do that. So the military pays the NFL a lot of money to do that. It's, it's always been inserted into sports, just so people don't understand. Sorry. Jay, Go ahead. Continue. I know. Don't don't act surprised. I know. It's don't. not surprised. It just makes me I, angry. I understand. It, 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 it makes me angry. It, this is not like a very, black national anthem versus the very, national anthem. And, but people are going to spin it and turn it into whatever it is that they want it to be. That's hence just why, what it is. Hence why teams don't want to come out on the they, field. They're they going to try to turn it and hijack puppets. it and turn it into whatever they want it to be. And people are mad at them for doing that. So you can't win in, the, in, in today's world. It's a conversation that is certainly going to continue, and it's probably a conversation that needs to continue no matter how uncomfortable it is. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests appear on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including our next guest. It's a pleasure to have Les Snead, the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams, join us this morning on the program. Les, thank you. I know you're busy. First things first, you got to say. Les night. ain't busy. You, he here for us. What's up, Les? Yeah, it's, I mean, anytime Key calls, I'm, you know, I stop everything. <laughs> Even wake up early. Yeah, hey, that's it's right, man. On, on the West Coast. Yeah, well, man, we, 6, 11 a.m. We you. obviously appreciate you joining the show. I didn't think we would get you on because of the time change, you know? But Les, we'll have Key talk to you in just a second. I just wanted to kind of ask you, you are a general manager. You oversee everything. You're getting ready to open up a brand new place. All the logistics that have to go on, especially in the time in which we live. Can you kind of take us inside where the Rams stand here? T-minus two days to get this thing going and everything that's swirling in and around every organization in the league right now, especially ones that are getting ready to host games. Well, I think on the, on the 
especially on a topic y'all were just discussing, I think, uh, you know, our stance has always been first and foremost, whether it's this topic, whether it's anything going on in a more personal is, is to, you know, listen to stand with stand by, try to do our best to support our players. Big picture. I think, uh, all of us, right, uh, whether it's in our personal life, whether it's the platform we have, us in particular, football, uh, I think we do, um, you know, owe it to the sport and owe it to the platform to uh, use that platform to enhance humanity in some form or fashion. Uh, you know, the sport's good. It's entertaining. There's competitions. There's wins and losses. But because in this country, football means something. It's a little different than just uh, a scoreboard at the end of a game. Uh, it's woven into the fabric of society. So it's up to us to, to to hold up that responsibility and enhance humanity in some form or fashion. Les, I know you guys at the Rams, having been, been from L.A. and been out there with you for several years now, have done many things in the community. What Since I've been gone, what have you guys been doing basically this summer for the injustice been going on mainly in the Los Angeles area. Well, I think that's one thing what we've wanted to do and it and it's getting close to being tied together now is like you said, uh we've been woven in the community. There is there's definitely organizations right in underprivileged areas trying to help bring uh or give uh those areas those pit, uh people those kids in those areas a chance to have a more equal opportunity so now with with the passion that our players have for doing their part in, in enhancing humanity it's okay is there something we've been doing that's already engineered that has that we can that you can see metrics that it's actually working do we combine all of our efforts resources you know money they want to donate money that's matched by the NFL when players do donate do we do we pull that together into into one big mutual fund and and focus on one or two things that we we know can help has been helping what we've already done and and also there could be some new uh avenues that we want to want to approach and if so uh have uh the people in our organization who are experts who have the time who make it their daily calling in life to help organize, engineer those programs and make sure that uh, when we do spend our energy and resources, it's going to good places. So that's, that's where we're at. I know we have a few players who are heading that up from a player standpoint, a few people in the organization who are tying it all together. So the, the goal is this, uh, let's all, even though an organization is, is not necessarily a large corporation, but it's very complex. It's very diverse and it has subset of players front office football operations and even the business side how do we tie all that together pool our resources and 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 uh again enhance humanity in the in the best way we can let's need la rams general manager joining us here on Keyshawn, j will and zubin now the fun part Les. this is the part i like now that the honeymoon period is over with super bowl a couple years ago how much pressure if any at all are you guys feeling to get back on track, a new defensive staff coming into play, losing Ty Gurley, and the fans wanting to win badly. I think uh, I think we're well aware. I think the the goal, right? Anytime, whatever phase you're in, we always like to say, are you building? 
Uh, did you break through? And if you broke through, right, that's that's okay. You you've learned the win, and then then you've earned a chance to contend for division titles, get in the tournament, and then and then there's that element you got to get that. I call it that playoff piano off your back. Can you actually win in the playoffs? And and, and we've passed that. So we're well aware we're in the contending phase. I, I don't think we look at it as as pressure. It, it's more some semblance of wait a minute nine and seven last year uh if there were 14 teams in the playoffs last year we we would have been one on but that's that didn't happen so we got left out of the turn it's more that desire that hunger that wait a minute last year wasn't the standard there was disappointment there uh we want to taste that again so i don't think that's pressure i think it's just uh, we know we can do it. We know that's where we're supposed to be, and uh, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna start that journey uh, Sunday night. Les Jay Williams here. Pleasure to meet you. There's been so many uh, quarterbacks have been receiving large sums of money, some big time contracts. Uh, how important is it for you guys to lock up Jared Goff long term? Uh, here's I, I think it's this, and before we get to Jared, I got to say this, Jay, because we're just meeting and it's our first time. But if I could have, I know it was definitely important uh, in this part of the country. I do remember when uh, on the day that that Kobe died, I remember your heartfelt emotions uh, on ESPN. And if if I could have, if I would have had your text or phone number or whatever at that point in time, I would have definitely reached out and said that was a very meaningful and powerful and, and heartfelt, especially for for all all of us that live in this region of the country. Thanks, Les. So on that, that, I think uh I think uh you know, I think it's it's very important two things uh to even have a chance to get to what Keyshawn was referring to as pressure, right? That that contending phase where you feel like, okay, we've got a shot at the division this year. And our division's pretty tough, but that's that's our that's our belief and and, it, and you got to take it one at a time. You, number one, you, you got we got to have a head coach who can engineer an environment uh, that that can earn wins. And number two, we, we you, 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 as an organization, as a football team, you have to stabilize that QB situation. And uh, I think we've done that. Uh, you know, Jared was able to go to a Super Bowl, win two divisions on a on a rookie contract, and that's always. Uh, uh, not many rookies get to get a chance to do that, but those that do, and, and some that don't, but some that definitely stabilize that position, earn that second contract. So we like to say in the NFL, you either have a QB, and, and we'll leave it to Keyshawn and everyone else to debate where they rank in the world, or you're looking for that QB. So it is good to be on the on the side of the coin where, where the position is stabilized, because definitely been on the side where we've been looking for one. Let me let me. I've been I've been knowing you for a while now, Les, and, and and know you a little bit, and know you stand by your players, and you like to reward your players. You, one general manager and organization that certainly will pay players with no problems at all, as long as they earn it, right? I just want to know, and I scratch my head all the time. How in the hell do you keep finding money to pay people? When other organizations always acting as though they can't get something done, but you identify your guy and say, I'm going to take care of business, whether it was Cooks, Robert Woods, whether it's Jared Goff, well, now it's Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Big Whitworth. I just, how can you guys do it and other organizations act like they can't? Well, I, I think this, 
I mean, it, it, historically speaking and, and analyzing, going back to your first one, uh, and we like to analyze uh, teams, right, that, that have been successful in, in what they've been doing. But a lot of teams do you, – you, I'll just keep it real simple. There is usually about five – let's call it five players that take up 40% of the, the salary cap. And that's going to, that's it. This is uh, unlike basketball, a more dynamic, as you know, key fluid situation uh, in terms of, you know, let's call it longevity of careers and even, even with teams. But so a lot of successful organizations identify those five players, uh, you know, over a, probably a three to five year span. And, and then 60% of the other part of the cap will, will be very, very fluid. And, and what we, what we have to do and continue doing is, is getting uh, players from is, is, let's just take the draft second through seventh round. And, and those players, Hey, finding their niches, finding their roles, being very, very useful in those roles, even though maybe they're not re- relied to, to carry the team, but they're, definitely there to help and support and play a big part of it. So we have to continue doing that and, and, and then we'll, we'll be fine. But I think it's, it's really that philosophy. Hmm, smells like Cooper cup is next. <laughs> <laughs> now on the other, on the other side of that is, as you saw this off season key, I mean, there, there are times as, as general managers, when you do, you, um, I'm not going to say just, but the role and because of the cap, I, I, we'd, we'd all love for it to be cap free and plenty of cash and, and reward everyone. But there are there are hard decisions that have to be made by organizations, and and there's some players uh, who were very very uh, helpful to us, played important parts, uh, really good human beings, and all of that that we we saw move on to other teams because they, they had more money than us to pay based on some of these decisions we made. Mm-hmm. There goes Keith spending other people's money again. Les, really appreciate you joining us this morning. All right, Les, man. Nice Thanks for you, coming on. Always in, enjoy it. All right. It's Cowboys Rams Sunday night football. That'll be the 13th of 13 games. I know most of you will be sitting next to a couch or at a bar just watching football all day long. Social distancing, Social distancing is, of course. Bar, of course. Yes, please. Still to come, the NFL PA executive director, the guy that every single player looks to for guidance on what he saw during last night's moment of unity and where all of the players stand. Complicated issue. Demoris Smith, one of the highest ranking executives in all of sports, is next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Key, I just wanted to ask you, the NFL is moving towards territory they never had before. It was just three years ago that essentially they were totally against the stance that Colin Kaepernick had taken. There was some even talk even last year when he was trying to get back into the league that they weren't exactly accommodating and trying to make his workout work. And now it's been a complete 180, and we'll see where the league goes from he's here. He's still this not is, back in the league, though. He's still not back in the league. So this it hasn't is, been a complete 180. Right. Well, I mean, just if you hear some of the things that Roger Goodell has said, he is he has definitely changed his that. tune. I don't think there's any question about that that um, but this is uncharted territory for a league that's been pretty conservative and pretty homogenous one way all the way through yeah now they've navigated it a certain way now they have to navigate it a different way and now they're trying to figure out how to get their cake and eat it too that that's what they're trying to do no question. They're, we'll talk, they're really trying to do that. We'll talk about Kaepernick. Many other issues to discuss with Demora Smith, the NFLPA executive director, joining us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line just hours after the NFL began. And 55 guys, the 55-man rosters on each took the field last night. He oversees all the players, gives them guidance, and he joins us this morning. First things first, uh, Demoris, what did you make of the moment of unity between your players? And what did you make of the reaction of the crowd, some portions of the crowd, being less than thrilled with seeing that. Hey, hey guys. Well, first, good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, how do we look at anything uh, where players uh, decide to, you know, make sure that people understand that they are going to be responsive and um, attentive to things in their community? When I look at the players uh, making a decision of how they want to protest, that's really the only thing I, I think about. Um, when players decide that they want to take a stand, um, I try to give them historical perspective that many times in American history, when people have tried to take a stand for racial justice, um, social justice, freedom, um, things like equality, you can look throughout American history and find that um, it takes brave people to do that. But to your second question about the fans in the stands, um, we know that when you take stands like that, it is mostly um, going to be unpopular at a certain time. But our players know that they're on the right side of history. And, and I would also tell them and have told them um, that while they should be aware of what fans are, are doing in the stands, that shouldn't dictate uh, what you should do. You should focus on why you're doing it. And, and today we have players who have simply refused to shut up and play. And I'm proud of them for it. D, how have you advised the players about protesting this weekend? Mm-hmm. Um, I leave it up to them. And I think it is equally important uh, when, when people are making their own decisions about what to do and how they're going to respond and how they're going to protest, that it be organic, that it be authentic, that it be from the heart. For the same reasons that I would not um, want them or, or, frankly, I wouldn't want my son or daughter to knuckle under or buckle um, uh, to what um, somebody might think is unpopular. Um, I certainly wouldn't want someone to be told, you know, what they need to do as far as protesting or, or what they need to do as far as a show of unity. Um, I think it's really important that that 
Americans right now take stock of what's going on in their country and make a decision about what kind of America they want to live in. And, and that is going to really take a group of people um, finding out what's important in a democracy, um, whether we are better um, unified or, or whether we're going to be torn asunder. And, and frankly, at the end of this, making a firm decision that I, I don't really care who they vote for, but if we don't exercise um, our own keys to our own democracy, then, then this is a country that's going to be in trouble. So um, the only advice I would give them, Keyshawn, is um, uh, the only thing I, I urge them strongly to do is vote. Um, after that, um, be authentic uh, and be aware. DJ Williams here. Pleasure to meet you. I, I, hey. I posted a video last night. And it went out from the Dolphins site of their captains and their head coach uh, taking direct shots essentially at the NFL for unfulfilled promises and fluff. Uh, what kind of position does that put you in and how do you respond to that? Well, um, you know, look, the, the way in which uh, the league operates, and, and I heard a little bit of uh, the, the, the setup, you know, before I joined your call, when you were talking about, you know, the league taking a position on one day and then taking another position on another day, um, what I have always tried to do um, here at, at this union is first and foremost to, to operate it like a democracy. And sometimes democracy is extremely messy, um, but everybody has a voice and, and we vote on everything. As far as um, our relationship with the National Football League on these issues, um, I try to find out what is the right thing to do on behalf of our membership. And that's our North Star. And then we go forward. So, you know, when you find uh, the, the league in, in a position where um, they weren't supportive of the players' rights to protest at one point um, in time, and then later on they you know, make a decision that they are going to be more supportive of the players' right to protest. The league has to deal with, um, you know, those, those inconsistent positions. But am I happier that they, are, um, that they are in a place right now than opposed to where we were, you know, four or five years ago? Sure. Um, should Colin be playing football? Absolutely. Um, but it's not my job to try to square – um, the league's position. Um, I, I, I've got the best job on the planet uh, representing representing the players. And again, we look for a North Star and we make decisions that we're going to do things the right way and let everything else kind of play out. With that being said, D, why aren't more owners individually, not their teams or the organizations or the PR staff, getting more involved any injustice going on in social justice? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Keyshawn, look, at why are some CEOs in America uh, active in social justice issues and why are other CEOs um, not active? Why are some CEOs um, hostile to issues that, that are important to our, to our democracy? Um you know, it, it. I think that those are questions that, um, that that's a that's a great question, but the answer has to lie into what is going on in the hearts and minds of those individuals. Mm-hmm. And once again, 
Um, It's not my role, and frankly, I I don't want to sound callous, um, but I care far more about our players being um, connected to their community and taking stands that are important in their community. And I really don't spend a lot of time trying to crawl into the hearts and minds of, of the owners or, or any other, you know, CEO in, in America who has chosen to remain silent about this. Yeah. Um, it seems to me that the, the job of, of all of us is to take stock of that. If we want to, to make a point of that, we should. But um, I don't spend a lot of time crawling into the, trying to crawl into their hearts and minds. I know where we are and I know how I feel as a black man in America. Um, and I know that it's important for me um, to, to exercise the keys of our democracy. And that's what I've chosen to do. And that's what you've seen our players do. Absolutely. The, the NFL was in a position to watch how MLB, the NBA, NHL have reacted to COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Considering everything that's been happening in MLB with this outbreak, what is the plan actually to keep players safe on and off the field to try to get through a full season? <laughs> Well, we, I don't know how long this show is. We don't have that much time. <laughs> um, I mean, look, we started uh, planning for uh, this season in a COVID environment on March 12th. Um, I pulled our COVID committee together, hired epidemiologists, um, infectious disease specialists, and, and we put together a plan starting in April uh, about going forward, and that started with canceling uh, the off season and making it virtual because we we thought that it wasn't uh, smart to expose our players um, at that time with an idea that we were trying to get through a whole season. So everything from daily testing to aggressive contact tracing um, to constantly vetting the operations at our testing facility. Um, the people on the COVID committee uh, on the NFLPA side have done a fantastic job. I, I can't, um, I can't say that certainly didn't do it all myself, but, and I rarely mention specific people, but, you know, Tom Mayer um, and Sean Sansevieri were critical in, in writing every protocol uh, that you're seeing. And, and I'm not saying that we are certainly in the clear, but, um, our, our testing, our positive numbers, our positivity rate has remained low. And my hope is that um, certainly we get through the entire season, but that's going to take an incredible amount of vigilance and, and a, a whole heck of a lot of hard work. Hey, day by day, that's how we got to take it. That's how the league 100%. takes it. Yep. And 100%. it's just a uh, trite little reminder that we thought 10 years of labor peace was the biggest thing you guys are going to be dealing with, but we are in a whole <laughs> new world. Demoris Smith, the NFL PA executive director, some great insight on what his thousands of players are dealing with each and every day. Demoris, thank you so much. Thank you, fellas. All right, good thanks, luck. Dee. Be safe. Thanks, Dee. Thank you. Great to have him on the program. A lot of good information there. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, the information you need to know. The MVP, who's it going to be? Key and Jay will weigh in. Super Bowl 55. Can Brady do it in his own stadium in Tampa? Let's see if either one of the guys picks that. That's before we let you go. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. 
But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. More thing after game number one in the NFL kicked off the 2020 on, season. I'm right now. Home I'm stretch, thinking. fellas. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and use code KJZ to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Key was going like the pump fake, the head fake, getting ready for the Lakers <laughs> tomorrow night. Big one in the NBA tonight. Clippers, Nuggets, and then Game yeah, 7. Yeah, no one cares. I, that's true. It is football season. Raptors, Celtics. They do care up in We the North. I know that for sure. Uh, CFL, not happening. All right, so here we go. Last thing for you. Earlier in the week, we played our kind of fun game, fill in the blank, where we give guys options, fill in the blank on this or that, give us an opinion. And one of the topics was fill in the blank, who will play in the Super Bowl. So Key went with the Chiefs and the Saints. And Jay, fill in the blank, went with the Chiefs and the Cowboys. But what we didn't do is ask you – We'll go fill in the blank. Give me a winner. So before I let you go, Kiar, you got the Chiefs and the Saints in Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, Florida, a place you know well. Who wins it? The Saints. They drive right up the road, you know, and and take over and win the game. That's what it's going to be. Nephew, nepotism, get it done, get his ring. Drew Brees gets a second ring. Sean Payton gets a second ring. And then they ride off into the sunset. Real quick, your nephew, Michael Thomas, off to the best start of any receiver in NFL history, numbers-wise. Yes. No, let's say they win it. Drew Brees has a nice TV job waiting for him. I'm sure his reputation will come back. I'm sure there's some people that are still <laughs> upset. But is this like the perfect walk away? Is like your Peyton Manning, John Elway moment. You got one, you got a multiple one, and now it's time I, to go. I think it's set up for him to do that. You mentioned his TV uh, job. With NBC. With NBC in the future. Yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston is sitting right there. Yeah. To learn from Sean Payton, it'd be time to move on. You got two, like, you're really getting ready to chase more at that age. So, Jay, you got the Chiefs, too, except you got them against America's team. Every TV executive in America is so hoping you're right. It's unbelievable mm-hmm. right now, including I'm doing our it for the networks. <laughs> doing, it, doing it for the networks. 25 years since the Cowboys have been in the Super Bowl. You got them there representing the NFC under first-year head coach Mike McCarthy. That's a very juicy pick, but who wins it all? I have the Chiefs winning it all. I, you know, I know Keyshawn says you know, they're not going to be a dynasty. I think we're watching the beginning of something very, very special. Now, I don't know how COVID is going to play into all this. I don't know who's going to catch something. Maybe hopefully nobody catches anything. We just had, you know, uh, talking about, you know, contact tracing and all the measures that the NFLPA has taken in order to make sure to ensure player safety. But with the weapons I saw, and I know I could be, you know, caught by the moment, right? But yes, you Clyde, can be. well, let me finish. You're all right. I just, the weapons that they have, man, I don't see anybody stopping that offense. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything but COVID stopping them. That's an interesting way to put it. So you have the Chiefs winning. So we'll mark it down. Key's got the Saints winning Super Bowl 55. 
Jay has the NFL's first repeat champion in about 15, 16 years. The Pats were the last to do it. So we will see. And obviously there's the juicy aspect of who knows how good the Bucks will be, but Tom Brady playing the Super Bowl in his own stadium, that would be pretty cool too. All right, so let's go from collective to individual. The MVP of the 2020 NFL campaign key will be 40 people, by the way, vote, uh, 50 people, excuse me, vote on this particular honor. What do you say? I'll give it to Russell Wilson, right? It's it's his time. It's like basketball where he's like, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Well, we're not going to give it to LeBron. We're going to give it to somebody else. Okay. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, we're going to give it to somebody else. Well, now it's his time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's been in the league eight years. Mm-hmm. He's gotten zero Vote crazy. That There's 19 crazy. other players since he's gotten in the league that has received a vote. Right. Russell Wilson has received one vote. And you would think, you know, when I first found this out, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because it seems like every year for the first eight to nine games of a season, we're talking about Russell Wilson, MVP, Russell Wilson, MVP. This it, it, it happens, though, this year, despite what we saw out of Patrick Mahomes last night. Obviously, people have been talking about Cam Newton potentially. But after watching yesterday, I never thought I would ever find myself saying this as a diehard Giants fan. Say it. I'm rooting for Dak. Wow. Dak to get the MVP. How about that? That could, that could happen as well. Enjoy all the games. We'll see you Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.